on the weird. Welcome back to Bring on the Weird. You're Elijah. That's me and you're Will. That's me. Excellent. Now what? I don't know. <laughs> what are we even doing? Well, I don't know if a lot of people even heard of this. I don't know. I think it's starting to come to light a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, a little more, but... There's still some craziness around it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> I don't think... Uh, all the parties involved, are they gone yet? Deceased? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I. All of them? Well... I guess if most of these characters were born 1919 or whatever, yeah. it's been 100 years since some of these characters were born. Yeah. Like, um, eh, we'll talk about them later. <laughs> so what's your what's your philosophy on spoils of war? You go in and you pillage and burn and then you take what you want. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no? <laughs> You're going to put me in a weird area. People are going to hate me. Yeah, but that's that's how the world's been turning, man. Yeah. yeah. So you you go into a spot and you take everything, or so you go fight somebody for more land because that's what that's the cool thing to do when you're a human. Mm-hmm. And then you take what you want when you've conquered that land. That is that's human history. But those spoils, what if they're a little tainted? Whatever those spoils are spoiled, huh? Yeah. How about that? What are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, they're, they're pretty rotten, man. <laughs> That's mm, that's my gray area. That's my issue with with Operation Paperclip. It's spoils of war, but they're tainted spoils. It's yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's really weird, you know, how much they actually did help us. Ah, that's a knife to the heart. And we probably couldn't have done it without them, or not as soon as we did. St- you're just, just twisting the knife now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, well, what would they do? What what would have happened if if we didn't? If we just Decided, war criminals, boom, you're done. You've done these heinous things, get rid of them. Where would we be? We would have to spend a quarter of a century reverse engineering what they have already built. And then we still wouldn't have the knowledge. We just have the after effects. Right. Like how long would it have taken us to develop that stuff? Right. Because then we would be starting from scratch. We, w- we would have the engineered products, the final product, and whatever research had been done up to that point but then we would have to reverse engineer it and potentially recreate these experiments which yikes that's not for anybody yeah let's i don't think we should do that (laughs) no so then the next best idea is to bring the people who know what they're doing but yeah we had to hurry because we were not the only ones that wanted to do that exactly (laughs) i was thinking i I was just thinking the same thing like what if we didn't get them? Where would we be? I think that's one of the bigger issues is we were in a hurry. Yeah. We, as in the U.S., was in a hurry to scoop up all this research. And what are we going to do? We're going to stand over there and interrogate them? No. we got to get them out of there. Right. And the them we're talking about are the Nazi German scientists. What? <laughs> yep. They lived in the U.S. before anybody knew it. Yeah, they did. Which... Just boggles my mind. Like they just secreted them away. It's not like there was a. It's not like there was social media then. Like Warner von Braun tweeting out, "Yo, checking in over here in Illinois. What's up?" <laughs> just got the NASA. <laughs> At NASA, I'm in you. We didn't even bring over one or two that weren't as bad. We brought over like sixteen hundred. I know. And their families. That's 
nuts. So these were the spoils of war. Like, we went over there with a number of people fighting the war, and then we came back with a whole host of other people. Not that we didn't lose any that while we went over there, but... Yeah, but we gained some knowledge. Yep, just like Unit 731. But I... My thoughts on that is Unit 731 was after Operation Paperclip. Yes. And I'm so my thought on that is they, they did all this crap for Paperclip that we're going to eventually talk about, I guess. <laughs> we're getting there. And, but then they got over to Japan and saw what they were doing. They're like, hmm, kind of the same thing. Yeah, we're not going to do it again. We want yeah. your information. Then you can stay the hell home. We're not doing this again. Well, they did bring some here. From there, didn't they? From 731? Yeah. I think they brought some. Yeah. But it wasn't nothing like Paperclip. No. Because it seemed like 731 was mostly medical experiment. And some weapons. Yeah. I think most of it was medical, though. Because I don't think they really tested very many. They didn't really create many weapons. I think they were just testing the effects of the weapons on the quote-unquote prisoners or uh, subjects or logs or whatever. But the Nazis, they were developing some weapons. Oh, yes. Pick one. Yeah. Rockets, biological weapons, chemical weapons. Oh, yeah. And they did their own experiments similar to 731, like the the freezing experiment. Hey, how can we throw out this guy? Because they were the conditions that they were previously fighting in, like when they went to fight Russia in the, in the winter. Right. Like, oh, that's a horrible idea. Let's not do that again. Or let's do it better next time. Go free some of these prisoners to see how we can thaw them out. Ice bath was the best way to do that. To thaw them out or to freeze them? <laughs> freeze them. Oh. What would a German popsicle be called? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. A German popsicle. It'll come to me. A frozen schnitzel. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> a freezer schnitzel. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I know. Bad dad jokes. Yeah. It's like most of my jokes, they're all really bad. <laughs> just so happens that I'm a dad. Huh? I mean, every joke you make now is dad joke, so. Yeah. And what are you bad. drinking? Tonight, I have a Loose Cannon IPA by Heavy Seas. Ooh. What about you? Well, like before, somebody's got to do it. I'm having a victory. The Prima Pills. The Prima Pills. That's not a bad beer either. This was good. Um... You might be slightly disappointed in me, but I gave away my golden monkeys. You gave away the golden monkeys. <laughs> they don't do it for me. It's wow. That, it's the Belgian, the Belgian beer. I, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, I'm not not a big fan of it, but giving it away, I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> well, I traded. Oh, okay. At least you got something for it. Yeah. I mean, yingling, but still. I think works. you lost on that deal, man. <laughs> All right. Well, who do you want to talk about first, huh? Or do you want to talk about the experiments or where oh, we at? Man, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. Uh, I mean, I guess we can say, like, it was run by the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency, also known as the JIOA, the, you know, the the operation or project. Uh-huh. And did you know uh, President Harry Truman, he approved the operation, but he said, absolutely not. You are not taking any Nazi members, no Nazi supporters, and he had no idea what they did. Yeah. You know but then why? they were already there. Yeah, because once they like saw like 
Von Braun's uh, reports or, you know, his, um, I guess he was being vetted or whatever. Once they saw the stuff, they were like, ooh, we really want this guy. So then they just like whitewashed it and they did, they just changed it and redacted stuff. And they were like, no, no, he's a good guy, Truman. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem suspicious at all. Oh, no. Yeah, so and then Truman had no idea that this was being done. He assumed, from what I read, that nobody they brought over were Nazis or Nazi supporters. Oh my goodness! See, yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that part. Yeah, I got that from uh, an article by Laura Shum or Shum on History dot com. Okay, so he was clueless for yeah. some time. Yeah, I don't. From what I gathered, he never knew. He never knew. That's what I. That's that's what I get. I mean. Maybe years after, you know, he was out of office and all this, maybe he found out. But while he was in office, he never know. He was all about the the jobs, though. The economy. Boost the economy. We need more jobs. It's post-war. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you can't do it with Nazis. <laughs> Boost it for the they? Americans. Huh? Or did they? Uh. <laughs> but they got all these names for all these... Nazi scientists and well German scientists, whatever flag they want to be under. But there was the um the Osenberg list or the Osenberg list. Did you see that? Is that the one that they found like partially flushed? Yeah, there was a a Polish laboratory technician. They they told get rid of all this stuff. They were at the Bonn University. Get rid of all this stuff. Flush it any way you can. Just make it go away. Mm-hmm. But then this Polish guy found some pieces of it, and he turned it over to MI6, and then they turned it over to U.S. intelligence, and uh, Army Major Robert B. Staver, the chief of the jet propulsion section of the research and intelligence branch of the U.S. Army, used the list to figure out who the German scientists were and who they should capture and interrogate, one of them being Werner von Braun. What? <laughs> the man himself. Germany's premier rocket scientist. Werner von Braun, he was a slick motherfucker. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, he, when he knew the jig was up, stuff was going bad for Hitler and his his crew, mm-hmm. he was like, mm, I gotta, ooh, we gotta hide all this stuff, man. So he told a couple of his buddies, go hide this stuff in a cave somewhere. Make it, make it go away. And then, if the U.S. wants to talk, we can talk. And he just kept giving them a runaround until the U.S. Well, I didn't see that at all. That was in that was in the book, the Annie Jacobson book. Oh, Operation Paperclip. Maybe I didn't get there. Or, um, maybe I did. I don't know. It, it, it was, was a little. little it was eh, a little hard, a little dry. <laughs> so he told not that, not that she doesn't know her stuff. Oh yeah 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 right. But somehow it didn't. I don't know. It just it doesn't appeal. grab you. You're right. You know. Not not for us anyhow. I tried to get into it and I just kept going and going and going. But some stuff sank in, like that did. That yeah. sank in. He wanted to hide all this stuff so he could have a um, talking room for when the Americans did end up finding him. So he could have a little leeway. Okay. So when they did find him, like he had that ace up his sleeve for some time. But then eventually, Staver and his crew ended up talking to somebody else. And they're like, oh, yeah, there was that one time that most of those guys were down in a cave. They buried some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Staver's like, huh, all right. So Von Braun lost his ace up his sleeve. I think he did all right, though. Oh, yeah. He did all right for himself. Yeah. He was a slick dude, though. Didn't his brother get in trouble? His brother? Yeah, Magnus. You know what? I'll have to look it up. Magnus? There was there was a point 
when they were all over because they were when they brought all those people over like they didn't want them to just run around the u.s doing whatever they want they just had them isolated in this where the hell was that did they put a bunch of them together in in some cabin somewhere oh they worked at the same place magnus and werner werner however you say it i don't know i'm just gonna go with werner i'm gonna pronounce it english because these guys are kind of jerks so i'm not gonna give yeah. them any, any of that yeah, this says he, a German chemi- chemical engineer, Luftwaffe, Luftwaffe aviator, Luftwaffe. Luftwaffe, and rocket scientist at Pinamunde. 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 Yeah, but I think that's the same place that uh, Warner was at. Yeah, that was a. There was a lot of that going on around. They were all hanging out together. Yeah. But when they were in the U.S. together, I think they had those guys together in the same place. Damn it. He was, Magnus was kind of a jerk. Because, I mean, they had all those guys isolated in some place and they were, they were bored to death. So they, they would, they would get up to some shit. I mean, you gotta pass the time, right? Yeah. Why was he so bored? Because they weren't doing anything. Because it was still, everything was under litigation for months and months and months and months. Oh. They had to get everybody all the war council and all of them involved and the Nuremberg trials had to go through. So they were punishing the the leaders of these people, but they weren't punishing the people who actually did the stuff. <laughs> go figure, right? Yeah. Pinamunde. That's a fun word to say. Pinamunde. <laughs> Fort Bliss in Texas? Was that where they went? Yeah. Um, what was it? Fort Bliss, and then they... Later ended up at White Sand Proving Grounds in New Mexico. Right. And uh, they were dubbed, uh, quote-unquote, War Department Special Employees. Oh. <laughs> it's because they could speak German, too. Uh, that's pretty special. <laughs> oh, yes. A handful of years after fighting Germans, suddenly we have these German special employees. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the... Did they change their names? No, I don't think so. I, I think I they were... I didn't see anything were... about that. I think they were the Von Brauns until, or still. I mean, it, it's pretty suspicious, right? After after we get done fighting Nazis, now here comes this Von Braun and his so, brother. Like and cool cat, Werner. Call me Werner. And uh, Kurt DeBus and Hubertus Strughold and Reinhard Gellin. Like, <laughs> Kurt Blom. Who like, do you guys think they are? Just marching in here and starting... Playing with our rockets. Look, honestly, it was that or death, right? Uh, I mean, for those guys, yeah. But I mean, yeah. if I were, well, I mean, I am an American employee for stuff. But if suddenly Germans just started show showing up and just started working on my work, I'd be a little perturbed. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I probably would too. Unless they brought some brats or something. Mm, I don't know, man. I think they had the underwear on their back, and that was it when they came over. Yeah. You think they knew how to make brats? Like, not out of humans. Because they probably did know how to make oh, them out God. of humans. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, They're sick bastards. <laughs> no, Werner, Werner was a slick freaking cat, man. There was... So, officially, he applied for membership of the Nazi Party on November 12th, 1937, and was issued a membership number. But Michael J. Neufeld, an author of Aerospace History and Chief of the Space History Division at Smithsonian's National Air and Space Museum... Wrote that 10 years after Von Braun obtained his Nazi Party membership, he signed an affidavit for the U.S. Army misrepresenting the year of his membership, saying incorrectly that 
This is what Ron Braun said. In 1939, I was officially demanded to join the national... Demanded. He was demanded. In 39. See, he, he signed up as a membership in 37. But in 39, he's saying he was officially demanded to join the Nationalist Socialist Party. At this time, I was already technical director at the Army Rocket Center in Pinamunde. The technical work carried out there had, in the meantime, attracted more and more attention at higher levels. Thus, my refusal to join the party would have meant that I would have to abandon the work of my life. Therefore, I decided to join. My membership in the party did not involve any political activity. So he's like, I wasn't a Nazi yet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. It's so crazy. I know. Why deny it now, dude? You're here. You're already doing your stuff. Don't fuck around. Just... Just be truthful at this point. Yeah, we already got you here, man. <laughs> We're not going to prosecute you at this point. It's it's over. We we want your technology. You're good at what you do. Just get over yourself. <laughs> On uh, Wikipedia, so I don't know how true this is, <laughs> it says his name is Werner Magnus Maximilian Freyher von Braun. Dang, that's too many. Yeah. So when he got to the U.S., they were like, all right, we're just going to erase the middle third of your name. And call you Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. <laughs> he um he looks like a slick dude. He's a slick cat. There's some pictures where he's like, see, I wasn't a Nazi yet. Just look at these pictures. And then there's pictures before that where he was in a Nazi uniform. Dude, what what are you doing? He had like, not, like swastika <laughs> boxers. <laughs> he said, what? I found these. <laughs> he actually stole work. From uh, Robert H. Goddard, you know, the Goddard space mm-hmm. stuff. But somehow he obtained plans from various journals and incorporated them into the building of his A series of rockets, the A4, uh, but which eventually became the V2, which we used. But they, they actually, they kind of messed up, the Nazis did. They fired it to, just to test it out, but then it crashed in Sweden. It was the so-called Bacabo bomb. Bacabo bomb. I like Bacabo. That sounds fun. Bacabo? All right. We'll call it Bacabo. <laughs> but they, it was recovered by the Allies, and and eventually things got back to Robert H. Goddard himself, and he's like, what the hell? I made this stuff, and they're using it as a weapon? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but later on, um, Von Braun said, I have very deep and sincere regret for the victims of the V-2 rockets. But there were victims on both sides. A war is a war, and when, when my country is at war, my duty is to help win that war. Boy, howdy, he's such a patriot, isn't he? Well, I mean, look, if he wasn't a Nazi, you got to respect the quote, right? Ah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what if an American said that? It's true. We could just like, damn right, say, USA. Yep, you could say that to anybody. And he made out okay, man. Cause he oh, could, yeah. And then he became he becomes the director of NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center. Yeah, like he inserted himself deep into U.S. NASA stuff. So like they made the V two rocket in Germany, which devastated you know England during the war. Yeah. And then they come over here, and he's like, you know what? Let's make this thing to send Americans to the moon. We'll call it the Saturn V. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not close to to the V2 at all, Saturn oh, V. No. <laughs> so we can get this to the moon. I mean, just let us think in for a Nazi was the main reason we got to the moon. Well, that hurts. That's, mm-mm. Would yeah. we have lost the space race if it wasn't for him? That's troubling. 
because uh, I think if we didn't do what we did, if U.S. didn't do what they did, then the Russians would have just taken them. Oh, yeah, the Soviets would have got them. Yeah. So they so, for sure would have So then he would have been a patriot for over there. He was he was a con man. Oh, yeah, just out to save his own skin, man. Oh, yeah. Whatever he's got to do to survive. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy that this guy helped us get to the moon. He had all the resources he needed when he got to the U.S. And the U.S. is like, yeah, we got to get to the moon. Come on. Let's do it. You passed? Uh, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, what passed? No. Nope. Look, it says right here on this paper, you're clean as a whistle, bud. <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> to infinity and beyond. You, you know, he was he was almost awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Ford. Did you know that? No. Almost? Almost, yeah. What happened? David Gergen, who was one of Ford's uh, senior advisors, objected due to his Nazi past. Eh. But, I Got mean, him he, there. Was, he was that close to getting the Presidential Medal of Freedom when he was part of a party that was against freedom. Freedom. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Like, so, he was that close to getting it. That would have that looked real, real bad. If that yeah. ended up happening, that would have looked real, real bad on the on the U.S. part. I'm, I I got to wonder if Ford even knew about it. You know, did like did Ford know ahead of time before he almost got the medal? I I don't know. I he, would say no. He must not have. He probably wouldn't have been so easily swayed just from a senior advisor. Like, damn it, I'm the president. I do what I want. Yeah, I don't know if that's what his voice sounds like, but <laughs> why not? <laughs> and he wasn't even like the only big guy to come over here, was he? Von Braun. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, talked about his brother. You know what his brother ended up doing? What did he do? Ran Chrysler. No way. Yeah, dude. Eventually, he was part of Chrysler. Like, um, the main contractor for the Saturn V lunar rocket was the Chrysler Corporation. And, uh, the hell's his name? Magnus Von Braun and his buddy Arthur Rudolph were all about it. Look, I gotta tell you, the name Magnus, that's pretty dope. <laughs> that's a dope name, man. The, na- the name is? Yeah. The one that it's tied to right now? The, prob- their dad was probably cool as shit. Their dad's name was Magnus. Was it Magnus? I thought yeah. it was Maximus. Maximus? Was it? No, it might have been Magnus. I don't know. There's so many Magnus and Maximus and... Parents, Magnus von Braun. So who the hell is Maximus? Was that Werner's middle name? One of his middle names? I don't know. Maximilian, yeah. Werner Ma- Magnus Maximilian Freher von Braun. <laughs> I don't know... Where's the Freyer come from? Oh, there you. It's a title of nobility. Oh, he's, he's got some sort of like royal bloodline. Okay. Or royal for. Yeah, what the hell is a royal there? For the different countries over there, and up up to World War One really upset all that shit over there. I don't know if we're ever getting into that, but it was whew, World War One was a fucking time. Not two, two was a grand old time, but one was a pretty <laughs> damn good time too. World War One, the war so fun we decided to do it again. <laughs> and then we dropped nukes, and everybody's like, "Uh, hmm, let's not do it again." Yeah. For now, anyhow. Let's not it do was it a, third. It was not long in the grand scheme of things. It was not long between WW One and WW Two. No. What? What was it? Fifteen years? It wasn't even fifteen years because it was like eighteen nineteen. Not 1819, 1918 to 1919, some somewhere in there. It's not like I can't look it up. But 1942 is when World War II began, wasn't it? 42. 
Uh, or is that is that when the U.S. got in there? Goddamn, you're gonna make me look it up. Yeah, you're gonna have to look it up, man. WW2, no, sorry, one was July 28th, 1914, till November 11th, 1918. Four years, three months, two weeks. WW2 was September 1st, 1939, till September 2nd, 1945. Six years and one day. They needed one more day. But like I mean, the, it, it it's, seemed, was a Germany. It was the whole Polish thing that set two off. But um, it was heavily influenced by Hitler and his pieces of shit. But he Hitler offed himself in April. Or did he? Uh-huh. You stop that. <laughs> That's spoilers. <laughs> did we get on a tangent? We may have gotten on a tangent. That means we should probably take a break. Yeah, I think so. So we can get on a cosine. All right. We'll see you after the break. You are returned. Yep. Let's talk about somebody else. All right. We got Von Braun that we brought over here. He uh, helped us get to the moon. Yep. Cool cat. He's a real cool cat. You know what he? What else he did? He was so cool with the U.S. They're like, mm, all right, bring over my first cousin. I'm going to marry her. <laughs> Say what, Vern? <laughs> no, did he really? Yes, he did. He married his first cousin? Yep. Maria Von Braun, wife of Werner Von Braun. I thought that was illegal. This was the 40s, man. W- was it not illegal back then? Plus, they were citizens of Alabama. Hey. Huh? <laughs> you just pissed off two of our listeners. I don't know if we've made it to Alabama. No. Nah, you know think where so we either. are, though? Where? Like Zelianople, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah? I had to look that one up. It was near Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. They cheered for a minute until I said Pittsburgh, and now they're not cheering. <laughs> I thought you said Crisburg. <laughs> no. Zillianople, like, Pennsylvania. It's it's not far from Pittsburgh. And that's actually the majority of our listeners from Pennsylvania are from that town. I wonder if they're upset that Ben Roethlisberger is out for the season. You've upset somebody. Well, I didn't say it was good or bad. <laughs> I just mentioned that he was. Yikes. Sports ball. I think it was a season. Anyway. Yeah. This is, this is not a sports podcast. Hell no. Why do you got to say That's... hell no? I love sports. <laughs> Somebody else. Let's see. His spouse. Uh, it was Maria Louise Von Quistrope. Okay. Huh? During his stay at Fort Bliss, Von Braun proposed marriage to Maria Louise Von Quistorp, his maternal first cousin, in a letter to his father. He married her in a Lutheran church in Landshut, Germany, on March 1st, 1947, shortly before my dad was born, actually, having received permission to go back to Germany and return with his bride. Shortly after, he became an evangelical Christian. He returned to New York on March 26, 1947, with his wife, father, and mother. On December 9, 1948, the Von Braun's first daughter, Iris Kareen, was born at Fort Bliss Army Hospital. The couple had two more children, Margaret Cecile in 52 and Peter Constantine in 60. On April 15th, 1955, Von Braun became a naturalized citizen of the U.S. And a short time later, we went to the moon, thanks to this crazy son of a bitch. So not to go go off on, like, a religious tangent, but it said he became an evangelical Christian, right? Yeah, but he didn't talk about it. No, but... He didn't talk about it in public. He, he, He did it, and then that was just his private life. His religion life was his private life. He didn't... And talk about it. But my thing is, you know, in the Christian belief, if you believe and you ask for forgiveness, 
you're forgiven. Please tell me this son of a bitch didn't go to heaven. Yikes. We're going to see him on the other side of the simulation. Hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe he knew he... what's up. He was making a rocket to try. Maybe he thought he was blasting through a computer screen. He's going to bust out, bust out of the render. Uh, maybe that's what he thought. Maybe he knew. Oh, man. That's a whole other line of thought. <laughs> this dude was slick. He didn't tell everybody all of his thoughts. It's like the the elevator in Willy Wonka. How it like goes up and up and up and up and then it blasts through the glass. <laughs> That's what he thought he was going to do. <laughs> Bust out of this simulation. Don't. I'm going home. He talked about it too. He said, I'm going to go to the moon. He told one of his rocket buddies that back before World War II even set off. But he didn't go. Not physically in our world. Oh my God. What? So I just, I was just reading down some more stuff about him. His gravestone quotes Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament sheweth his handiwork. What? Wow. I don't know. It gets, if you want to dig in, you can you can start digging. Very interesting. Yeah. He's a slick cat. He's not the only one we're talking about. Let's move on from, from Mr. Von Braun and let the speculation begin. Or continue. Yeah, we did half an half an episode on him. <laughs> Just him alone. <laughs> yeah. Kurt Debus. Debus. Kurt Heinrich Debus. Debus. What did De- he do? How did he mess people up? Well, he was in. Well, he headed Cape Canaveral here. That was eventually. Yeah. Are you talking about what did he do over there? Yeah. Let Let's set the tone for why he's a pile of shit. And then what did he do? Well, he was a member. Of Himmler's SS, uh, he was appointed by Hitler as the V Weapons Flight Test Director, and he was actively engaged in the rocket research program at Pinamunda. Pinamunde? What? Uh-huh. How, how do we say it? Pinamunde. Pinamunde. Yeah. He uh, he led the test stand group, so he was um test stand seven. I got test stand group. You got test stand seven? I saw a test stand seven somewhere. Oh yeah. He was the engineer in charge at Test Stand 7. Okay. But then at the, you know, it doesn't look like, I mean, he was part of the SS, so it's bad. He was part of the Nazis, so it was bad. But it doesn't seem like he was. Probably he wasn't an asshole Joseph, like most of them? Yeah, he wasn't uh, Joseph Mengele or Josef Mengele, however you say it. You know, the angel of death. So We didn't, we didn't bring, he wasn't part of Paperclip, was no, he? No, he, he wasn't. He had to go sooner than that. He took off to uh, Brazil, I think. What? Yeah. The, she was heating up, and he's like, mm, hasta la vista. I forget when it was, but they <laughs> – I can't – I cannot remember when it was, but they had talked to people in Brazil, and it's like like the amount of twins in Brazil is staggeringly high, and they're like blonde hair, blue-eyed twins. What? Yeah, because um, Mangala, his – he did. He worked on something called Twin City or Twin Town or something like that, where he wanted to see, like, he would hurt one twin to see if it affected the other twin. Like, he he would do nasty things to twins. So he was trying to breed twins. Yeah. So it, now in Brazil, well, I say now, but they had talked to people and they're like, yeah, there's a lot of twins here, like blonde hair, blue eyed nice. twins. So he just went to Brazil and continued his work. That's effed. And there's no Brazilian with blonde hair and blue eyes. No, that's not a thing. In can we call that nationality Latino, or is that that's not right? Is it? I don't Brazilian. know. Brazilian, South Brazilian, American. Portuguese, South, South American, 
they do tend to naturally have darker hair. Yes? Is that fine to say? I think I think I'm okay. Yeah, I would assume so. But yeah, it doesn't look like the bus did much horrible things Fuck. other than being a Nazi and an SS. He just happened to be there. Yeah. Well, well, what did he do later? Well, he headed Cape Canaveral, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an ardent Nazi. So you don't know what that means? No. I believe it means they, like, I don't want to say a sympathizer, but, like, they they kind of agree with their beliefs and stuff like that. It, it I mean, obviously, he was a member of the SS, so he was a Nazi. Okay. But I don't, didn't you say he didn't look? He doesn't look like a typical, well, not that I know what a typical German looks like, but he doesn't have quite the features as Werner Braun Braun or Hitler himself. Right, so maybe the fact that he was, maybe they called him um, an ardent Nazi because maybe officially he couldn't be. Oh. You know? Mm. So maybe he wasn't the right nationality. But he was a, maybe they were like, damn, he's a genius. We'll make him, a, you know, a, an unofficial officer. In the SS. Yeah, I don't know if this is true. This is just speculation, my speculation. Sure. But he, you're right, he doesn't look like a Nazi. He's got some he looks, big nose, big eyebrows, he's got something else going on. He looks short to me, and didn't a Nazi have to be, at like, over six foot? I, did they get that serious? I think they did. Uh, or they wanted their new race to be all over six foot. But I think a Nazi, maybe just the SS, had to be six foot tall or more. Huh, like a, like a football team. Yeah, you got to be a certain size to be part of us. Oh, okay, I'll go with it. And they were just like, "Yeah, you're a cool cat, Kurt. Come on, come on, Kurt. You know yeah. you want to come on." So he was patriotic to a point for his country of origin, but ultimately he was patriotic to his country of his final rest or retirement. I don't know if he was buried here or not. Yep, he was Rock Ledge, Florida. Okay, I was almost one. When he was born, when he died. Really? Yeah, October 10th, 1983 is when he finally gave up the ghost. Moved on to the other side of the simulation, that is. <laughs> Small lunar crater on the far side of the moon to the east-southeast of the crater, Gansky. Past the eastern limb is named for Debus, as is the Kurt Debus Conference Center at the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex. Debus was included into the National Space Hall of Fame in 1969. You like that? Debus? I, I said Debus? Debus? Oh, same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. We don't know how to say it, so. He went with Debus, I went with the bus. How would a German say it? Uh, really angrily. All their stuff seems just, like, angry and just, all, they just talk with hard letters. And, yeah, it's like, harsh. I love you is, is is harsh. Do you know how to say it? No, but I can find uh. out. I, I don't know how to say it off the top of my head, but I've looked it up before, and it's like. You know, I don't feel the love, man. Let's see, English translation. Why is it so far down the list? Too Germish. <laughs> ich liebe dich. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ich liebe dich. I C H L I E B E D I C H. Ich liebe dich. <laughs> oh my god. It's harsh, man. If you say that in America, you get charged with sexual harassment. <laughs> Can't talk tell anybody to do anything with your dick. <laughs> 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 
How to say I love you. You want me to do what? How to say I love you in German. I found a YouTube video where she just keeps on saying it for a whole minute. Ich liebe dich. That's illegal. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely can't say it to a stranger. They'd be like, what the hell? Just immediate harassment. They, yep. You're getting cuffed up. Straight to the brig w- with you. The brig, isn't that if you're on a ship? I don't know. Mm. I don't know any of this. <laughs> uh, <You're> a pirate. <laughs> where are we going now? We went to such a far tangent. Uh, here is here's what I wanted. The Joint Intelligence Committee was composed of the Army's Director of Intelligence, the Chief of Naval Intelligence, the Assistant Chief of Air Staff 2, and a representative of the Department of State. So everybody had to come together. They're like, okay, well, we need to make a smaller version of this to figure out this this whole they, – they originally called it Operation Overcast. Yeah. And then eventually codenamed the paperclip because they were like, all right, 1,600 is too damn many. you got to pare it down. All right, well, we'll just put paper clips on the ones that we really want. Is that why they called it that? Yeah, because they, they would just slip paper clips on the ones that they, they wanted more. Oh, wow. To, to, let, to let specific parties in these specific groups, all yeah. like the war committees and combined intelligence objectives subcommittee and all this stuff, like only certain people knew that's what they wanted was, okay, here's the ones that are paper clipped. We really want these ones. But only certain people knew that, and they still fucked it up. Wow. That's why it was called paperclip, because there were literally paperclips involved. <laughs> well, I mean, if you hear Project Paperclip or Operation Paperclip, you don't think anything nefarious. No, You're not like, at oh, all. man, that's boring. Like, what is that? Like, their staples order? <laughs> yeah, send the intern. We need more paperclips. He's like a... That's because they were putting them on all these Nazis. Do you, need, do you mean we need more Nazis? No. <laughs> Actual paperclips. Yep. That is straight from the interagency working group. I don't know how I ended up finding this. Archives.gov, IWG, declassified records. Some probably probably some cool stuff in here. Yeah. I'm going to save this link. The rest of my notes are from the CIA.gov. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know the, uh, the vertical assembly building, which is bigger in volume than the Pentagon, apparently, and almost as tall as the Washington Monument was designed by Bernhard Tessman, who was the former facilities designer at the German Missile Launch Facility in Pinamunde. Pinamunde. Oh, really? So not only did we have rocket scientists, uh, what else did we talk about? So we also well, had architecture, uh, architects. Von Braun designed rocket. the Saturn V. Yep. Then you have um, Kurt DeBus or DeBus who headed Cape Canaveral, where they launch it. Mm-hmm. And now you have Bernard Tessman, who built, who designed the assembly building that put it together. It's all coming together. And also, Dr. Hubertus Strughold, yeah. who was another Nazi scientist, developed spacesuits and other life support systems. So without, seriously, without these German scientists, we would have not gotten to the moon. We would not have been in space when we were. And if the Soviets had got them, they would have gotten there first, and then who the hell knows what would have happened? Because they were nasty. They didn't. They didn't do this diplomatically. They didn't come in and say, "Okay, well, these guys look like good scientists. These guys look like good guys." Look, I know they did some really messed up stuff, but the U.S. was 
they were quite diplomatic about it and tried to get around all this litigation stuff. Like they knew what they wanted. They knew they wanted the intelligence from these people and they were trying to figure out how to get the spoils of war to then defend the homeland or to better progress the homeland. I mean, it's, it's, it just is war. That's, that's what it, that's what it is. Thus is war. But the Russians were just like, I'm going to go take all that. 6,000 of you. I don't care what you've done. Let's go. Bring your families. Come on. We're going to recreate yeah. it over here, and then we're going to build a better bomb over here. Well, Stalin was in charge over there, right? Yeah. Good old Joey mm-hmm. Stalin. He's a character yeah. himself. Oof. We know how bad Stalin was. He didn't <laughs> care. No, he was just taking it. And he, he had people took, to He would have taken Hitler himself, I guarantee it. If they would have captured him, he would have taken Hitler himself. Yeah. He probably would have been his new drinking buddy. Yeah. Man, the stuff Joey Stalin did... Holy crap. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I, I highly, highly recommend listening to the Behind the Bastards for Joseph Stalin. It's Behind the Bastards podcast. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or maybe it was Ridiculous History. One of those. Ridiculous History or Behind the Bastards for Joseph Stalin. It's from the How Stuff Works Network. Yeah. I don't think I've heard that. Behind the Bastards is really, really good. While we're talking about Stalin real quick, you know who else was... A nut of freaking loony bins. Oh, Rasputin. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah, we could do some stuff on that guy. It, the last podcast on the left, they did like a five part series on him. Really? Yeah, four, uh, four or five parts. That dude but, was off the wall. Yeah, man. And he was like, I mean, it has nothing to do with Project Paperclip, but like, he like basically just lucked into his position. Mm. It was I'm crazy. Gonna, I'm gonna have to get into him because he's all he's all about like mysticism and all that stuff. Oh yeah, chaos yeah. magic, right? Was it chaos magic? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right, who else do you want to talk about in the old paperclip? Uh, wasn't there? Uh, there was this stuff that this guy did not want to have it developed. He he was a um, Gerard Schrader. He was a German chemist, not part of the Nazi regime, I don't believe. He just wanted to. Uh, make better insecticides. Gerhard Schrader, if you're looking him up. G-R-H-A-R-D-S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R. But he wanted to help fight against hunger in the world. That's what he wanted to do because he wanted to develop a better insecticide. Right. right. He did, but it was also very good at killing people. He he worked for IG Farben, um, which actually had a division, Bear AG. You know the bear pain reliever? Yeah. B-A-Y-E-R? Mm-hmm. It's, that's all German. And it was developed – it was – the company's been around that long. But while he was employed there, he was experimenting with compounds called uh, organophosphates, which killed insects by interrupting their nervous system. Instead of a new insecticide, he accidentally discovered Tobin, an normally toxic organophosphate compound and nerve agent during – during World War II, under the Nazi regime, teams led by Schrader discovered two more organophosphate nerve agents and a fourth one after the war. Tobin, sarin gas, somin, and cyclosarin. Tobin was nasty. Yeah. It didn't take much to kill somebody. So and eventually, they, they found payloads. They found tons of this stuff ready to go in missiles when they were trying to clean up stuff and get Operation Paperclip underway. 
What, Tobin? Yeah, it was in these missiles, ready to go. And the yeah, effects... I'm looking at it here. I don't remember hearing, like, I remember hearing Tobin, Saren, and Cyclosaren, but I don't really, I don't remember anything about Soman or Salmon. I, I don't either. Are you looking at that now? I'm looking at it now, yeah. But I don't remember hearing anything about them. They didn't bring any of this here, did they? That we're uh, aware of? Uh, I think there's Tobin somewhere. I think that's what I read. Really? So we have that. I don't know if we have it or or where it actually is, but I'm pretty sure. Oh no, they they got rid of the majority of it, or so it's been said. Officially, most of it's gone. They just dumped it in the ocean to dilute it. <laughs> You're welcome. See, I I almost thought it was. I thought it was a joke at first. No, nope. They. I know I read that, and I was going to read it again. Um, it wouldn't even surprise me anyway. Yeah, here we go. The U.S. once considered repurposing captured German stocks of Tobin prior to production of sarin. Like the other Allied governments, the Soviets soon abandoned Tobin for sarin and Soman. How is this stuff worse? How is sarin and Soman worse than Tobin? Large quantities of the German manufactured agent were dumped into the sea to neutralize the substance. Cool. Well, I think cyclosarin is worse than all of it. I mean, that that was the last one that they... Yeah, I think it. I think it went in order. Like they did Tobin first, then Sarin was a little worse than Tobin. Soman worse than Sarin. I think that's how it progressed. I could be wrong about that, but it, I mean, you wouldn't make one that's less lethal, right? <laughs> right. I guess if you're a Nazi, you're gonna make things that are far worse. I can't believe this guy was employed with Bayer. Yeah. So I mean, and they make. The- Literally, they make insecticides for the farm fields around here. Like, you can see, like, you drive down the road and see, like, the farmer's fields, and they'll have, like, signs up that says, like, protected by Bayer or whatever. So maybe you can retract one of your last statements here. They did make a lesser lethal version of it. No. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) As Nazis, they didn't. As Nazis, they didn't. They just made it worse and worse. As red, white, and blue-blooded Americans, they did. <laughs> so it only kills you slower now. Yeah. So 36 was Tobin, 38 was Saren, 44 was Soman, and 49 was Cyclosarin. Cyclosarin sounds fun. Does it? I mean, just the name. Like it, it sounds like it keeps going. Like, when it's done, it's not done. It cycles back up. Ah, just, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a fun name to say. <laughs> Let's see what it actually does to, yeah, chemical characteristics, history, we get it. Binary weapons. Like other nerve agents, cyclosarin can be shipped in binary munitions. That also sounds fun, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, whoa. It doesn't actually say Iraq fielded munitions filled with a mixture of GB sarin and GF cyclosarin. Tests on mice indicated that GB and GF mixtures have a relative toxicity between GF and GB. That doesn't tell me anything. Well, here, for we're talking about cyclosarin, right? Sure. Get on. Uh, it says it was outlawed globally by the Chemical Weapons Convention, or the CWC, in 93. Although Egypt, Israel, North Korea, and South Sudan have not ratified the CWC, thus not outlawing their own stockpiling of chemical weapons. So everyone Egypt- else is like, yeah, we, we're not going to do it. And these guys are like, yeah, we might. Hey, <laughs> we might. <laughs> We might do it, so... Jeez. Yikes. So this Gerhard Schrader was like, I didn't want that to happen. I guess it happened. <laughs> but that's all I got on him. 
I don't think he I don't think he was part of Paperclip. Just just that he was employed with Bear and created this stuff. But all these people were involved in all this stuff. And we go back to Werner von Braun. It's been said he just walked past all these um, all the, all the atrocities that he saw. He just walked past them. But then in his defense, he said it's not like he could do anything about it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, he probably couldn't have. I don't know. I don't know. He's a special somebody. Did you hear about Dr. Willard Mackle? M-A-C-H-L-E? No. Well. What did he do? He was, in 1949, the CIA created the Office of Scientific Intelligence, the OSI. Okay. It was directed by Dr. Willard Mackle. He went to Germany to interrogate Soviet spies. The CIA thought the Soviets had developed mind control, and they wanted to find out if the U.S. spies could hold up to it if caught. Uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, this guy, he also explored the possibility of creating a quote-unquote Manchurian candidate through what? behavioral modification. Thus, Operation Bluebird was born. Operation Bluebird, later named, ready? Oh, MK dude. Ultra. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. So, oh, shit. So that's where we're at. We got to, what was his name? Dr. Willard uh, Mackle, Mash, M-A-C-H-L-E. He doesn't deserve for his name to be pronounced correctly. Well, it's hard to, I, I don't know what he did before this. I tried looking him up, but I didn't really find a lot on him other than the fact that he headed the CIA. He did this and he did that and... Did you say he headed the CIA? No. I, well, I might have said it, but that's not what I meant. He was the director of the Office of Scientific Intelligence. So In the U.S.? Correct. Uh-huh. He went to Germany, tried to hook up with the Soviet spies to see if our... Hey, man, what are you guys working on? You doing mind control or what? <laughs> I got another cool cat for you. Another one? Yeah. There's a ton of them. What do you Eric, got? Eric Traub. Oh, yeah, he was a veterinarian and a virologist who specialized in foot and mouth disease. Oh, Rinderpest and Newcastle disease. I have no idea what those are. That's different from the hand, foot and mouth disease that kids get, by the way. I sure should hope so. Yeah, this, I think this is this affects livestock, correct? Yes. And that's yeah. what he was trying to figure out, because I believe that's how they wanted to. That was one of the bioweapons that the Nazis were trying to produce is make this happen in livestock so that they could poison the population through the livestock. Right. Mm. This guy worked directly for Heinrich Himmler. Uh, Renderpest was like a lesser version, but affected mostly um, even-toed ungulates, which are like cattle and buffalo and large antelope, deer, that kind of stuff. I don't think right. it did sheep, but still... It was um, it was a food source, and he also the the chain of command for Traub at the top was Himmler, and then it was Doctor Leonardo Conti. His name came up before. That's Kurt Italian. Blom. What? He's Italian. Yeah, it sounds Italian. Leonardo he Conti. He's the Reich health leader. That's because he made some good spaghetti. That's the he was the Reich health leader, but I'm not even going to attempt to say how to. How to say that in German? Oh. There's about 38 letters. Yeah. I, <laughs> I saw that word and I w <laughs> my head exploded when I saw that. 
No, I'm not even going to try. No. I thought about it. No. He, he, what, why don't you spell it for him so they can hear how long it is? Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Take a big R- breath. <laughs> R-E-I-C-H-S-G-E-S-U-N-D-H-E-I-T-S-F-U-H-R-E-R. <laughs> That's insane. It says Führer at the end. That's that's what I got. Reich at the beginning and a Führer at the end. I don't know what's going on in the middle. <laughs> the killing of many Germans who were of unsound mind is attributed to his leadership. So he's like, "You crazy? You're gonna die. Are you crazy? Oh yeah, you're crazy. You gotta go." <laughs> and then under him was Kurt Blum, and under him was Waldman, and then under him was Traub. Wow. So Traub was. Yep. So Traub went man. all over the freaking place. He was in. He came to America as a student at the Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research in Princeton, New Jersey. And he, him and his wife were there for quite some time. Oh, from 34 to 35 is when they were there. Did Which, he also marry his cousin? I hope not. <laughs> he, he was performing research on vaccines and viruses, including pseudo-rabies virus and lymphocytic Choriomeningitis virus, LCM. Uh, they were, him and his wife were members of the German American Bund. I'm not entirely sure what that was. The German, German American Federation was a German American pro Nazi organization established in 36 to succeed Friends of New Germany. So they were still of a Nazi mind, I suppose. Yeah. But the club that they attended, where the German American Bund, well, where they did whatever cool club stuff they did, so mm-hmm. red solo cups and that stuff. It was <laughs> thirty miles west of Plum Island and Yafank, Long Island. Uh oh. See, he was there yeah. for he was there for a year, and then he went back to Germany to continue the bioweapon research. Then that was from thirty-eight to forty-two. Oh no, 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 that's not right. He in forty-four. Blum was Kurt Blum sent Traub to pick up a strain of Rinderpest virus in Turkey because they wanted to actually get the ball rolling on that. Uh, but that strain proved inactive, and therefore plans for a Rinderpest product were shelved for the time being. But thankfully, that didn't happen because that would have been real, real bad. Um, wow. Forty-eight. It didn't even. Not even until July of forty-eight, the, the British evacuated Traub from where he was working on Reams Island. And then he was brought to the United States in 49 under the auspices of the United States government program, Operation Paperclip, meant to gain the German knowledge from from all this stuff. That's what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't even make it to the U.S. until 49. But then he eventually, he, he was doing biological research in the U.S. for the Navy from 49 to 53. And eventually he did return to Germany. So this dude was all over the place. He did return to Germany? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. In 64, Traub published... Um, 1960, Traub resigned at... No, hold on. After working at biological research in the U.S., 49 to 53, Traub returned to Germany and founded a new branch of the Loeffler Institute in Tübingen. Tübingen. I don't know. But then he was done after that. So at some point point during his career he did do oh there it is Traub visited the plum island animal D- disease center in new york on at least three occasions in the 1950s 
I thought he headed that for a while. The Plum Island stuff? Yeah, did he not? I don't think so. But not according know. to this article. Maybe he did, but it just says that he had visited several times. Well, you, you you might be right. I thought it might have just been... The Plum Island facility was operated by the Department of Agriculture, but I think we're going to save that for another episode, because... Yeah. This is South Carolina Plum Island. Yeah. Oh, oh, he was offered a leading position at Plum Island in 58, which he officially declined. Officially declined. Trump? has been alleged that the United States performed bioweapons research on Plum Island, which we will get into at another point. Oh, right. Because yes. I remember, I remember what happened now with Trob and. Oh yeah. Yeah. No spoilers. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I believe what happened was it was offered to Trob, but ultimately given to somebody from Seven Thirty One. Oh my goodness. I'm I'm almost positive. Don't quote me on that. It's all coming around. But I'm pretty sure I do remember that it was offered to Trob, but given to somebody. From 731. Oh, we'll dig in. We'll tell, we'll say what they did, but that's for the Plum Island episode. Yep. We, we touched on quite a few characters in this journey. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really talk much about the war leading up to Paperclip or anything, but. I mean, that's World War II. Yeah, we don't really need to tell you that. What was interesting is all the people that came over here that were Nazis and it helped us do a lot. The, (laughs) the German scientists, they created a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, some important things, such as synthetic rubber used for car tires, non-running hosiery, which I don't know why that's important, but apparently it is, the ear (laughs) thermometer, electromagnetic tape, and miniature electrical components, just to name a few. That was all created by German scientists. All thanks to German scientists. Yeah. These German scientists. Not just any old German scientists, but German scientists of World War II. Yeah. So. Spoils of war, man. I mean, honestly, can can you blame us, you know, for taking them? If we didn't get them, the Soviets would. It's, right. It, I mean, that's a foregone conclusion. The Soviets would have got them. So we got 1,200 scientists is what I understood. Or was that the 1,200 also their families? Uh, I saw 1,600, 1,600 scientists and their families. So 1,600 scientists and their families is what I read. You could easily double that number, potentially triple that number. For the number of Germans that came to the U.S. in this time. Yeah. Didn't Russia get 6,000? Russia got some, yeah. I don't know how many they got. How did we How did we pick the good ones? Well, I think, like you said earlier, I think we the Osenberg did our research and they just took what they, they figured uh, they, quantity is more than quality. They just straight up pillaged. Yeah. But we, I mean, really it wasn't a whole lot of time because... It was still, like, towards the end of the war, but when did, like, Eric Trump didn't even go to the U.S. till 49. That was still only four years after the war, so not a whole lot of time had passed, really. Right. For all this stuff to happen. But, I mean, spoils of war, man. That's the only thing I can, that's the only silver lining I can put on this whole thing is they didn't want to just crap on all these scientists and get rid of them, even though they were very heavily part of all those atrocities and potentially still stuff that's happening today. Yeah, but knowledge can be lost if you don't gain that knowledge. So what if Von Braun, I don't know, say he was one of the few people in the world who could help develop something like that? 
Right. You don't take, do you take that risk as, you know, you, you try him for war crimes and put him to death? Or do then you, it's gone. You, yeah. Do you take his knowledge and figure it out? That's, that's the grayest of gray areas. <laughs> I mean, did they decide to join the Nazi party or were they recruited? Were they sort of forced into that role? Mm. Because that, if they were sort of forced into that role, if they were German sh- soldiers and just kind of forced into the Nazi role, yeah, then you, I mean, well, at one point von Braun was trying to say that's what happened to him. He was forced into it, but then there's right. documentation saying that's not the case. Yeah, but I wonder but, if others were. Maybe von Braun wanted to, but he was like, no, 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 no. I was forced into it. I don't no, know. No. <laughs> We but we that. got him. We got to the moon. <laughs> we got synthetic rubber. We made him a citizen, right? We made him a citizen, and then we got to the moon? He became a citizen at 55? Yes. And then a dozen years later, we got to the moon. Yep. Von Braun's over there hanging out with Walt Disney. Ooh. Kurt De- Debus is over there hanging out with Kennedy. Who's hanging out with Ace of Base? <laughs> you know about them? What about them? You don't know they're... Nazi supporters? Ace of Base? Yeah! What kind of sign did they see? Oh my god. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. The alleged Nazi supporters. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, we just got sued like crazy. Oh my goodness. But yeah, they, I mean, the lead singer was in, he, before Ace of Base was in a Nazi band. Like, yeah, a white supremacist band. Yikes. Maybe we ought to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, look it up for real. <laughs> but they saw the sign. They saw the sign. Mm. It opened up yeah. their eyes. They saw yeah. the sign. The song uh, "All That She Wants." Oh no! Is about like it shows like so. Apparently, the video shows a woman, and it shows she's got like a star David around her neck, and like the song goes, "All that she wants is another baby." She's whatever, and like basically they're saying like all the Jewish women want to do is just pop out babies and like not work and just be lazy yeah the whole song i'm serious look it up if you don't believe me oh my god yeah you may have just ruined ace of base for the population. <laughs> as soon as i heard about it it was ruined for me man <laughs> i mean who doesn't like that song that's a cool song no i don't yes. like it Ugh, ruiner yeah we ought to stop it here stop yeah ruining stuff for people yeah we we just blabbered on. We didn't think we were going to have enough to cover an hour. No. There's still more to talk about if we really wanted to, but I don't think we're going to. Not tonight. No. No, we can't do that. All right. Well, where can you bring on the weird? Everywhere. <gasps> All the places. <laughs> Twitter, bring on the weird. I mean, you want to email us? Bring on the weird at gmail.com. Go for it. Twitter. Uh, we, don't, we don't get enough emails. <laughs> Being on the weird on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, well, and all the podcasting. Instagram, you forgot Instagram yet again. <laughs> we put stuff on there and people like it. I mean, yeah, we're getting some followers too. Get some attention. But we all want right. more. Oh no, <laughs> there's merch coming, stickers. Oh, yeah, Patreon's coming. Don't know when. It's coming. What's the, tell them what the site is for the uh, shirts and stuff. What is it? Oh, T Public. You could do tpublic.com slash bring on the weird and it'll come up. There's a short link too. It's t dash or t.pub slash lic slash bring on the weird. But if you just do tpublic.com slash 
Bring on the weird. It'll still come up. I tried it. There's some stuff on there. We've only just begun. Coffee mugs, cell phone holders, t-shirts, hoodies. Check it out. All right. And that's it. Yep. That's it. Stay weird, world. All right. We'll see you guys.